Coming up next on The Voice of Alabama Politics, Republicans dominate, Democrats surge. Also, the V-Team takes a look at the coronavirus and the runoffs. They're going to be a blast. It's all right. Don't worry. We can handle it. We can take it. They want to play rough. Call Angry Voters. All this and much, much more coming up next on The V. Welcome to the voice of Alabama politics, where we tackle the tough issues so you have the hard facts. I'm your host, Bill Britt, and today I'm joined by Beth Clayton, attorney at law and a Democratic activist, Susan Britt, editor at APR and research guru extraordinary, Jack Campbell, fine man about town, conservative radio host, and one of my favorite people on the planet. How, you How doing? you doing? I'm doing good. Hello. Y'all doing good? All right. Well, the primaries are behind us. Uh, now it's off to the runoffs, and it should get plenty ugly between now and March 31st. But, Beth, looking back on the primary, we saw some around a million two voters showed up, a whole 35% of the eligible voters of the state. But we did notice some interesting trends, see how they hold up. The Democratic vote in the state surged by 13 percent. Mm -hmm. uh, Doug Jones, uh, speaking to APR, said he was very encouraged by those numbers that showed that we're, Democrats are motivated. We are. And, you know, I think a lot of that, you know, on the national level, we had a huge landscape of candidates to choose from. I mean, I, by the time that Super Tuesday got here, the field had narrowed quite a lot, but we had what, 13 qualify for the ballot here. Um, and then also looking locally at places like Montgomery and Jefferson County, where your tax assessor is on the ballot, your district court judges are on the ballot. And that really drives people to turn out because these are the people who you know from Sunday school and Little League and all of that as well. Well, it was a big turnout. I mean, Jack, of course, Republicans outvoted uh, Democrats by some 270,000 votes. Uh, but there was a 16% decrease in Republican turnout. In, from the Republican primary in 2016. To, yeah, right. Well, exactly. Trump didn't have any opposition. He was the lone wolf on the ballot, except for <clears throat> the questionably Republican William Weld. Yes, yes. Former Republican governor of Massachusetts. That bastion um, of hotbed absolutely. of conservatism. So uh, I'm not surprised. Right. And uh, Democrats did have a lot more going on. You had... Biden and, and uh, you know, uh, Bernie and Bloomberg, and Bloomberg and who threw some money in Alabama, t but not to not can too much we, to avail. Can we talk about, though, that Joe Reed's endorsement is officially dead? 
because yeah. Bloomberg got, what, 12% of the vote in Alabama right. with the backing of the ADC. Right. They can go fly yeah. kite at this point. Did, it's over. did nobody tell Bloomberg uh, that he was going to waste that money? Well, uh, I, I think a bunch of people told him that. Yeah. <laughs> he well, doesn't care, Jack. He's got billions of dollars. When you've got 60 billion, a million here, a million there, it's not even real money. Well, true. I mean, Susan, it was interesting, though, that we had a new category on the yeah. ballot this year, and it was called, in the presidential races, you could... You could check. Uncommitted. 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 I noticed that when we were voting, I thought, this is odd. And all the presidential primaries and general elections that I've ever voted in, it's been since I was 18, I've never seen this on the ballot before. And I thought, am I losing my mind? And then when we got in the car, you and I were discussing it. And then you call the Secretary of State's office and confirm that this was the first time. Yeah, first that time. A, a, well, had nobody, appeared. we weren't, they didn't explain that to us. I was surprised. No, they I didn't. agree. But I think there were like 2,700 that voted uncommitted. Uh, and the Republican like primary. The Republican I do not know about the Democratic mm -hmm. primary, but I just thought that was interesting. I mean, that's not a big number, but at least uh, that many said. I mean, it's more people voted uncommitted than voted for Bill Weld, I can tell you that. Well, I mean, and, and where that matters, remember when we're voting <coughs> for primary, you're not actually voting for a nominee. You're voting for the delegates right. to go with your nominee. So right. if you vote for an uncommitted delegate, vote uncommitted in the primary, you're voting for uncommitted delegates, which essentially means you're sending people unpledged on the first ballot, and that's a big wild card at convention. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, I thought it was interesting uh, you talk about delegates. Uh, you know, Susan, Jim Ziegler, the auditor, buffoon in chief, uh, he, he had uh, announced that he was running for delegate for place one after Kay Ivey had announced she was running for delegate from place one. And he lied about it and said that Kay was challenging he him. Because he, he said that Kay was challenging him for the delegate. Right. She actually registered first, which right. makes that completely impossible. A lie. Uh, yeah, exactly. Wait, Jim and Ziegler lied about something? <laughs> <laughs> Hold on. Wait, not him. The interesting thing, he said it was, it was as usual, uh, Kay Ivey and the Montgomery uh, insiders mm -hmm. against Jim Ziegler and the taxpayer. Yeah, well, the taxpayer representative for the state of Alabama. Jim, you got your hat handed to you. She won by 70 plus percent. Yeah, beat him like a rented mule, Jack. Yeah. That's, um, also, uh, Perry Hooper, yep. a big uh, Francis Trump delegate, he got swamped. Yeah. yeah. Abba yeah. Wagner went down on Yeah. I was really Crazy. surprised about that. Crazy. I really was. Maybe, I mean, just on maybe that's a sign that they might be a little overexposed. Well, just the amount of pictures that we get of, 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 of Perry with uh, President Trump should have mm -hmm. gotten any more than that. But Are they it, always it, in like a skin tone contest? Is that what it's about? <laughs> well, it's, it, there's, a, there's a hue. Yes. <laughs> One of the things that was interesting to me, and I did a story on this for APR, is that the Knight Foundation financed a study, 12,000 people, and focus groups, 12,000 people who were chronic non-voters, habitual non-voters. Mm -hmm. Beth, 65% of the people in Alabama that are eligible to vote didn't bother to show up for the primary. Yeah, it's sad. It's really sad. And people like Jack and I, who have spent our careers trying to tell people, just go vote, please, God, just go vote. It's really frustrating because a lot of these decisions, I mean, I've lost races by 12 votes. And I say, I, like my clients, have lost races by 12 votes. We've won races by 126. It matters. And I just don't understand how people look at this and think, eh, it's not worth it. Well, I can give you an example of why. When you have the state party executive committee on the Republican side tell the legislature do not impose a road tax. 
They go and do it anyway. They tell them not to be for Common Core. They do it anyway. They tell them not to be for an appointed board of education. They do it anyway. They feel disenfranchised, and I don't blame them. And there are never any consequences. So I understand why people have frustration at their particular lawmakers and don't think it matters whether they vote for them or not. Well, and a lot of people that, that we speak to back in you know, Etowah County feel like they're uninformed. I'm not informed enough to vote. And that's that's concerning to me. Oh, bless your heart, because everybody that watches Fox News is sure as hell voting, so you have <coughs> too. Well, exactly. hang on. I don't worry. I don't. <laughs> yeah, I don't worry as much about the uninformed as I do about those that are misinformed. Right? But we're going to leave it right there. You're watching the V, the voice of Alabama politics. We'll be right back. We're going to take a look at the coronavirus in Alabama. Not yet. for a drive later, maybe. Text some friends while I'm doing it. Scroll through social media. Kill a family four and a head on collision. Cool, man. Drive safe, Alabama. A message from your Alabama Department of Transportation. A lot can change in five years. Except those smile lines you treated with Bellafill. Because that's about how long Bellafill will keep them smooth and filled. Five years. Now you can always look your best without all those injections, appointments, and costs. Bellafill is the only dermal filler that stimulates and maintains collagen growth long-term. Now time is on your side. of Alabama politics. Susan, on Wednesday, uh, Scott Harris, Dr. Scott Harris, public health officer here in Alabama, advised the Senate Health Committee mm -hmm. on the coronavirus. And he said we were in good shape and that there were about 100 people they were monitoring. They did not. There were people that came here from China. They did not uh, present with the coronavirus and gave a picture that seemed very positive. On Thursday morning, the CDC map that showed states that did not have the ability to test for the coronavirus appeared in print and on TV and around the country. This caused some concern in Alabama. It did cause some concern because we're one of six other states that are not prepared to test for the virus. It's, you know, there's like Maine and a few others. Uh, and, and another concern there is we're also not testing here 
and we have the Portomobile. Now, our reporter, Eddie, uh, Eddie Burkhalter, contacted our you know, Alabama Health Department here to find out that, no, we don't indeed, at least at 1.30 on Thursday, have uh, the ability to test for the virus. But they did come back later on on Thursday, about 45 minutes after Eddie reported that, and said that they now had the facility up and ready to go. Now, when Eddie asked them how many, you know, what was their capacity to test, they said that they were not right, ready yeah. to reveal that information. So it did give us some pause, Beth. Yeah, and it should. Like Susan said, with the port right here, you know, this is touch communicated. So if it's not respiratory, I mean, it's respiratory infection, but it's, you don't get it from breathing on people. You get it from touching things. And the fact that if somebody were to display symptoms, that it has to get sent to what Georgia to the CDC to, to get tested and back. I mean, how many things are you going to infect in that time? Well, and that's, remember with this virus, you can be infected with it 14 days before you show a symptom and you know be contagious. But also, if when they send it to Atlanta, it takes at least 72 hours to get the results back. So you're tacking on another three days right. of this person spreading the disease and not being quarantined. Uh I mean, not to alarm anyone, but there were inconsistencies in the statement from the public health uh, officer and his office. And now we have a statement saying that they do have a facility, the ability to test, but they don't say how many people they could test. But Jack, the governor came out with a task force on Friday. Mm -hmm. Any of this supposed to make us feel any better? Well, I don't feel bad about it. I never did. I'm a Republican. I don't really feel bad about it. And I think the you stock market. You believe in science, Jack. Okay. <laughs> I believe the stock market crashed because Bernie started winning some. <laughs> not because of coronavirus. And as somebody said on Facebook, we should rename the coronavirus the state lottery. That means it'll never happen in Alabama. <laughs> oh, well, I, know, I don't know about that. I'm though. just not an alarmist about it. I'm not an alarmist either, but this has been around for two months now at least. We've People have known about this. It started in China and nobody's prepared. We've got uh, a case in Tennessee. There's four cases in Florida. There's another case in Georgia. I'm not you know, alarmist about it, but I think when we call and get one well, answer Well, I think from, you've gotten conflicting information yeah. from the Department of Health, well, that's which why, is a little concerning. That's yeah. why we have to quit letting partisan politics influence who gets jobs and controls places like the CDC, for God's sakes. Like, the CDC should be run by scientists, not by politicians. It is. It's run by Road Rosenstein. Road Rosenstein. What's his name? Rod Rosenstein's sister. Is it Stinger She Stein. runs the... It depends on... Well, well, see, right there, we know it's got to be fake, right? It cannot be real. It's a hoax. It's rigged. There's no... Okay. It's, it's a beer virus. Back That's to, what it is, back right? Back to reality here. Yeah. The good news is with the task force is it's going to be designed... There, there are several agencies within the state government that when you have a pandemic or an epidemic like this, they go into, into action. I don't think the, the agency may not even know that they have that ability or that responsibility. And so part of this task force is to alert everybody, get a plan together. If something should happen, that makes me feel Why better. do we not have like a binder of a plan of like, if there is an airborne disease, turn to page seven. <laughs> if there, like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. why do we not have these plans in exactly. place? Like, we don't plan ahead. Why does nobody have these plans I in place? I don't know. We don't put it well, in the asphalt. We I just mean, fix the plan Listen, I mean, Alabama's Department of Health couldn't confine a hep A outbreak. They're still not addressing that right now so, either. Anyway, who so. knows? This I, is horrifying. I, 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 I think it, well, and, and to add on to that, uh, the uh, 
The state legislature this week passed a, or state committee, Senate committee, passed a piece of legislation out of committee that would allow people to have lifetime concealed carries. We have concealed carries here in Alabama. I have one. It's a three-year, I think, or five-year. Five-year. Five-year concealed carry. Uh, a lot of people have them. But, Jack, they want to give them a, a lifetime uh, of concealed carry permit. I, you know, I, I, I'm not all in favor of that. Yeah. Um, I, I'm a good, you know, less government guy. But I think a lifetime permit, there are people that commit crimes that are heinous and, uh, you know, that become felons, maybe not using a gun, but should not have a gun permit. And a lifetime one, it's kind of hard to monitor. Yeah. Now, it, it, you know, I, I'm, I'm four or five years, but not a, not a lifetime. Yeah, it seemed to me it makes sense to limit it somehow. Right, you have to renew your driver's license every four years, for God's sakes. Like, this is ridiculous. And you know what, I'm sick of having usually women in my office, and they're ready to file for divorce, and I have to say, are you concerned for your safety or the safety of your children? Are there guns in the house? Do we need to get a protection order to help make sure that you're safe in this process? I'm sick of having to ask that question, and I'm sick of women ending up dead because the courts aren't doing what they're supposed to be doing. Once people do get the permit, they do get their guns, now you've got to wait on the court to take it away. And it's just, I think five years is not an unreasonable it's check not. on Life changes. You're happily married when you get the gun. You're getting a divorce now, that becomes an issue. You're perfectly mentally sound when you get the gun. Ten years later, you have a nervous breakdown. You still got a permit for a gun. Yeah, I think there needs to be some checks on it. Uh, again, there are people that think there should be no checks on firearms. I, don't, I disagree with uh, that. But we have them for a reason. The sheriffs uh, in, in Alabama oppose these. They're the ones that are usually tasked with dealing with bad people with guns and taking away from people who don't need to have the guns. So we'll see how this one plays out. But anyway, that's where we are. Next, we're going to look at the primary runoffs. It's gonna be a doozy. We're gonna fight it out. All this coming up next on The V. What a great opportunity for your success. Adding half a million highly skilled employees to our workforce by 2025 is how we stay ahead in Alabama. Our economy is stronger than it's been in years, and a skilled workforce is more important than ever. Things move fast, so choose your path. Your success is waiting, plus a great future for Alabama. Success plus. Go for it. What are you doing today, babe? I thought I'd head down to the lake with the guys, do a little fishing. Of course, none of us will be wearing our seatbelts. I'll lose control of the truck, wrap it around a tree, and kill us all. Okay. Drive safe, Alabama. A message from your Alabama Department of Transportation. Energy Institute of Alabama promotes reliable, affordable, and clean energy to help grow our economy, create high-paying jobs, and build public support for Alabama's energy industry. The Energy Institute of Alabama is the best source of energy industry information and how it affects households across the state. From convenient energy production to alternative fuels, 
to solar power and beyond. Welcome back to The V, the voice of Alabama politics. As Groucho Marx used to say, if you think things are bad now, just wait till we get through with it. <laughs> and that's kind of the, uh, the way I feel about the runoffs to the primary. If, it was, if you hated the elections, you're going to loathe <laughs> the, the runoff. The runoff. We've got Jeff Sessions, uh, you know, groveling Jeff Sessions, and Tommy Tuberville are in the runoff for the U.S. Senate race. Uh, Jack, what's your take? Well, I think the question here is where do Bradley Burns' votes go? Right. Now, Trump. I see Bradley Burns as kind of an insider, maybe influenced by the chamber crowd and by Sh Shelby, who were uh, certainly for, for uh, Jeff Sessions. But on the other hand, Bradley Burns is not happy with Jeff Sessions. Why would he be? No, he has no reason to be. Bradley Byrne would not have given up a congressional seat mm -hmm. to challenge uh, Jeff Sessions had he known Sessions was going to run. Of course That's he right. wouldn't have. Sessions called him, put pressure on him, and to Bradley's credit, he didn't drop out. He could have dropped out and sought his old congressional seat, but he did not but do then that. He would have had to screw those guys yeah, like Sessions screwed, screwed him. him. So he's his credit, I, he's he just did not, not that kind of guy. So he's just, uh, no, he's not. And he's been on our radio show, as has uh, Tommy Tuberville. And um, anyway, Bradley was a great guest, yeah. and um, I, I, he, you could tell he was not happy about it. Well, and, he got he got blindsided. Jeff Sessions should have never done that. This is just Jeff Sessions' ego yeah. in the way. Absolutely, here. this guy could make a bunch of money as a lobbyist. Right. You know, and well, living. I, mean, in, I don't know. Retire. He's like 112 years old. Like he's not. I mean, he's like quiet. 83. How old is he? 74. He's like 73. That's something. beyond retirement, <coughs> even by Republican standards. Not to be on the Supreme Court. It's not. Not to be Bernie Sanders. He's not it's on not the either. No. No. Okay. Well, let's see. That race, Susan. What do you What do you think? I don't know. It's uh, there. I was surprised that Sessions didn't do better than he did in that race. Uh, it, he didn't even pull his usual base on the numbers. Uh, it's, of course, I don't know how bad they're going to tear up Tuberville yeah. with some of the rumors we're hearing out. Yeah. I know, I know, I understand that. But let me say this: in talking to both Tommy Tuberville and Bradley, they both said that Sessions was not showing up at a lot of these Republican events during the primary. Yeah. Is he afraid of what the questions that are going to and with yes. tw uh, Trump's tweet last week? Oh, Trump didn't even wait 12 hours before he slapped him in the head. Oh, and you think that's going to stop now? No. no. Well, no. The, the bright side of all this, though, is they're going to spend, what, six million each attacking each other over the next six weeks? Right. And Doug Jones is going to keep raising money. He's yep. going to keep building infrastructure. He's going to keep building his campaign. And he is well, lovely positioned right Bradley now. Byrne warned him about a uh, October surprise. There's probably a few of them out there. Oh, yeah. Well, uh, I will say this. I talked to an insider's insider the other day who suggested maybe Jeff ought to consider dropping out, which shocked me. Yeah. Because this guy... I would have thought would be all over Jeff yeah. Sessions. That was shocking, well, especially mm -hmm. who it was. I, yeah. I think what they do is they set it up where, and this is almost impossible, but where Jones could be competitive again. Mm -hmm. We'll see. Uh, Susan, down in uh, Baldwin County, uh, Mobile area, that district, down in uh, 
CD1. Uh, Jerry Carr, who is the head of the county commission in Baldwin County, is running against former Senator uh, Bill Hightower. Right, and that was a tight race. You've got uh, Carl at 38.7, Hightower at 37.5. I mean, that that's... Close. Pretty close, close when you, you right. get down to these close. numbers. So that's going to be real interesting to watch. And we yeah. were watching those come in, and, and part is just because we're not from the wiregrass area or from the, the coast, but we're thinking, who? Like, we all know who Bill Hightower is, but Jerry Carl kind of came Very out of left field. Very popular county commissioner down yeah. there. Right, just kind of came yeah. out of left field for Yeah, us. well, he was one of the guys who was for the I-10 bridge until he was against it. Right. He oh. was against it because he was running for Congress. Right. But he was for it when he was a county commissioner. So we, we know that at least... Jerry is malleable. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I tell you what, though, I've watched Senator Hightower. He's not. No, he's no. not at all. He speaks his mind. He stands his ground, and he does what he thinks is right. The the um, congressional two race was very interesting to me. Yeah. Ah. That Troy King came in fourth in a distant race. That was crazy. really surprising. And Jessica Taylor came in third and right. almost came in second. Yeah. Barry Moore really surprised everybody. Yeah. Of course, everybody knew that Coleman would lead the ticket. I think a better job for him would be to run for Ag Commissioner. Then you'd be in charge of weights and measures. Oh! And, uh, oh, hey! Uh, running for Congress Gay and Jack. defrauding the Department of Defense. Yeah. And anyway, I mean, yeah. where Jeff Coleman was accused. Right, because... Uh, wait. Of stealing. Yeah, of his company was. Uh -huh. And they paid a $5 million settlement. Settlement. Uh, because they were adding weights case. to their measurements of how much the <laughs> trucks weighed. Yeah. But yeah. CD2, traditionally, because there's a lot of military people yeah. there. Yeah. Yeah. Is it, wouldn't we lose maybe some committee? I, I well, just, he he has said he would ha, he would recuse from military matters. So he can't be. So, I mean, you, so he's how does he be on armed services? I mean, that's the whole reason to appoint some. And yeah. there's so two a, military bases in that district. Three. 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 Gunner, Maxwell, yeah. and, and Rucker. All well, right, right. and I think that was he he really shouldn't have made. I mean, it's a real simple way he can do it. Put his his business and trust. And when he wore a little zip-up flight suit and got off of a helicopter, oh, bless his heart. people in the wiregrass went ape about it. They were very, very upset. Well, then those people need to I get out and I just never thought well, there would come They did, and they will. I, I, I never thought there would come a time when I was like, oh, yeah, Barry Moore is the obvious candidate to leave. <laughs> what? Listen, Barry, let me say this. In Barry's defense, he was a good candidate. I mean, he got out there, and he because he didn't have a lot of money. He really worked. He really did. And, he's a, he's you know, a he had a, he had a well, good campaign team, I'll say, as well. Jeff Coleman uh, is, has spent a lot of money. Mm -hmm. He's going to spend a lot of money uh, because I think he has ambitions, bigger ambitions. I, I really can see him using this as a platform because this seat's going to be gone. Uh -huh. and, and, but there's a very lucrative contract coming up soon that oh that God. he has said he will not be the chief bidder on, but would bid to be a subcontractor. I think the real reason yeah. he's doing this is so he can get his name ID out there for two years to and run. then run mm -hmm. when Richard Shelby retires. Well, Shelby right. is supporting right. him. He gave him 10000 yeah. yeah. Well, don't forget, there are Democrats in both of these oh, races that, while they have uphill battles, are viable alternatives to either of these. They, they do. It's just hard to see the pathway to right. Susie, you said... I yeah. wanted to give a congratulations out to our producer, Jonathan Barbie, for winning a seat in the delegation uh, yes. going going to yeah. the, the yeah. convention. He's going to the convention. Yay, yay Jonathan. Yay, job. Yay, Jonathan. We're glad to uh, see you. He bought it. <laughs> <laughs> With what? Yay, Jonathan. We're glad to see you go. Congrats. <laughs> okay. You've been watching The V, the voice of Alabama politics. You watch us because we watch them.